punctuates it, and he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle! Hello there, and welcome to the Nesson Bruins podcast. I am your host, Nesson.com's Lauren Campbell, joined once again, and as always, by Nesson.com's Mike Cole and Scott Edwards. What's going on today, guys? The huge, as they say. Not too much. I wish I wish we were coming on to do this, like, after Saturday's game instead of after the Tuesday game, because it's like they've been playing so well. But that game was not good at all. So it's like, oh, I'm kind of sad. Even though in their last 18 games, they have 14 wins. So, Yeah, I mean, yeah, the last four games in particular, save for Tuesday night, were really, really good. We saw some of the Bruins' best hockey. We saw uh, three games with Hampus Lindholm and how he fits into this. But Tuesday's game was um, really bad, to say the <laughs> least, by the Bruins. Nothing was going their way. They could not track pucks. They couldn't control passes. They hit the post 112 times at the very least. And it just, nothing was going their way. Tempers were flaring. Officiating was awful on both sides. Just really ugly showing. But I will say, Jeremy Swayman let in six goals. But Bruce Cassidy was quick to say that the Bruins broke down in front of him. So at least I guess that's a, a positive to take there where it's, it's not on Jeremy Swayman there. Yeah, I mean, can we s- let's just start there with that, that game. I know we've got a few other things on the, but this is, so it's the first time they've given up six goals in a game since, uh, it's the last Carolina Carolina game. So I don't know. I, on the whole, this is something that you and I talked about last week while Scott was in exile, um, (laughs) that the schedule was about to get tough and they played well against Tampa. So like, whatever, but like, there are still plenty of benchmarks to be cleared here. And they they failed miserably on Tuesday night. And I don't think it's a like it's not time to completely panic or, or worry about it, but there are still questions to be answered regarding this team's ability to beat very good teams. I think in the long run they're gonna be fine. I still think they're you know, this is a blip on the radar more than anything else. But it's disheartening to see their worst effort of the year against a team not named the Carolina Hurricanes come in the most important game of the year where there was, I mean, I wrote about this the other day. It's nothing short of remarkable that they're even in the conversation to be one of these top three teams in the Atlantic. Because if you look at the, the, the plot of the entire season, standing wise, they, they were never anywhere close to being a, a part of that three team mix. Right, right. And if the playoffs start today, they're playing Carolina, and they're probably going to get beat. So, it they're in the playoffs is effectively in the playoffs now. Yeah. Like I, I just, I think they can beat just about anybody in the Eastern Conference. I don't like their chances to beat Carolina. Yeah. I just think it's a bad matchup. They have they've been outscored what sixteen to one by them this year. They should be. I know this is not how they're probably talking in that dressing room. They should be doing everything they can to avoid that matchup. And that means when you play a team, when a team like Toronto comes in and you need these points and it's a massive two points, you have to have a better effort than that. And I think that was disheartening. And now it turns into, okay, so how do you rebound a team that you should absolutely paste on Thursday night? I don't, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really not trying to sound the alarm. I just think it's like, and Cassidy came out on Wednesday and said, it didn't look as, or it, it didn't look as bad the second, you know, second rewatch or whatever as it did in the moment. 
and he I'll take his word for it. He knows hockey a lot better than I know anything in life. But uh, that was just I, I I think you can look at it one of two ways. It's either holy crap, they're not as good as we thought they are, or this was a need wake up call. And they, it, I, I, it's probably going to be the latter because I think they're better than what they showed the other night. But that's it was a big yikes for me. Not again. I don't want to be too negative. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be feeling better or maybe not as panicked if this was a showing from Saturday, which had all the makings of a trap game? Um, I. It's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean. This is, it's just kind of, a, what was the question? Would it be more, <laughs> if they, if they, if they had, had done this on Saturday? Yeah. I guess, I mean, I, if it really uh, depends what would happen. I, that's that, a, but. it's a fair question. Cause I probably would be like, I, I don't know how you, you cause the, if it happens on Saturday, it's like, well, then this is just, you can't, this can't happen. Like, right, you know, right. points out a premium here. Yeah. You, you know, you need to be ready to go every night. So to answer your question, yeah, I, I'm probably being a little, you know, um, uh, not, I was, I don't know what the word I'm like, a little <laughs> inconsistent about it. I, I, I mean, what there's 16 games left. I mean, they are, like I said, they're playoff games now. So I think, I don't, I think it's unfair to completely overreact to anything that happens from here on out. And it's really, I mean, even like in a playoff series, it's probably unfair to react to one game, but like, when it happens like this, the antenna goes up much faster, mm-hmm. and it's you become you're like, okay, this, you got to fix this, and or nip it in the bud and find a way to bounce back. I think everything you said was fair. I think the way I look at it is, you know, this was probably the biggest game of the season to this point, and they pretty much weren't there in terms of like, if you were watching the game, it didn't feel like they were fully there until they were down six to one. Like, that's when, you know, they kind of just started to finally pick up and whatnot, and that could be because Toronto was up 6-1 and, you know, weren't trying nearly as hard anymore. And, you know, they had the same record going into the game, so that also plays a factor of, like, okay, this is a playoff feel. And we already know Toronto treats every Bruins game like that anyway. So it's it's tough, but I think it's better it happens now than – in another week yeah. or so, because the further away from playoffs that you, you know, get knocked out, you know, cold in a ba- bad game, the quicker you can wake up and get going. And I think that's the way I'm looking at it, because I think Charlie McAvoy said it really well last night after the game. He's like, you can't go down. You can't give up six goals and expect to win. But we showed some fight there. We, you know, played a lot better hockey after the sixth goal. And you just kind of build off of that, right? You. Six to four looks a lot better than what it was. And my hope is, you know, you turn this into another streak of some sort. You just kind of get back on the wagon. You don't let it hurt you in any way. And I don't think they will. I think that's their mentality, which is good. Because Charlie seemed to kind of speak for the locker room last night in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like a game like this was bound to happen. I wish it didn't come against a team like Toronto, who they are fighting with in the standings. I probably would have felt better if this came against. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'd feel better if it came against a, a bad team, but every every point counts at this at this point. And the, there we're a month away from the season ending. The playoffs are going to start in five weeks or right around that. Um, Bruce Cassidy hinted after the game. He said there's going to be some lineup changes. Wednesday's practice didn't really seem to 
mirror. Like, didn't he, the lines were the same. The d- defense pairings were the same. And then he was, I don't know if he really changed his tune after, but he was just like, well, we're going to have to get these guys in. We're one injury away from needing them, probably meaning people like Josh Brown. Mike Riley's been out the last few games as a healthy scratch. Do we see Josh Brown against the against the Devils? Yes. Or Mike Riley. So, go. I, I think... The more I think about it, I think Cassie was pissed Tuesday night. <laughs> I didn't actually watch. I just saw what he said. So maybe I'm missing stuff. But like, <laughs> the uh, this accelerates the process. Quote was like, "Okay, you're not happy." Um, I I do think we probably see. I don't know it. We see at least one of them on Thursday night. You would think Mike Riley, right? Or yeah, I, yeah. But I could, see, yeah, because. So, I mean, it's got to be Riley and for Clifton. Is that? That'd be my guess. Yeah. Clifton yeah. looked really bad last night. I mean, not everyone, not, no one really looked good. No, Clifton had a rough night. Cliff, yeah, I mean, he really had a couple, night. you know, helter-skelter plays where he's just throwing the puck back into the middle of the ice in front of his own net, and you just can't do that. No. And that's one of those things, too, where, you know, a young guy who plays the style that he plays, he probably benefits from going back up top and, and seeing it from another vantage point. And it's another neater reminder that, um, and this kind of ties into what we've been talking about, actually. They've got depth, and it's not the best depth, but they've got options. So if you aren't good, you're not going to play. And Cassidy has sent that warning shot over multiple bows in the last 24 hours indirectly. And I think that's kind of the point here is you, you kind of almost have to put at least one of those guys in to, to send that message and to, to really – you know, enforce that message and be like, I'm not afraid to do this. And we've got guys here who have played legitimate NHL minutes and we can, we can run. I mean, Mike Riley, this guy's got to be champing at the bit to get back in there because yeah. he's a guy who played, you know, big minutes from last year. Who's a valuable piece of that, that, uh, that roster down the stretch and into the playoffs to kind of taper it off at the end of the playoffs. But, uh, it's just a long way of saying, yeah, I think there are going to be changes because I think that's what's best for the team, not necessarily because they need to fix something, but they probably could use a little bit of cage rattling right now. Yeah, it wakes them up, right? It's, yeah. It's what we saw with Clifton the last time he got scratched. Like, so, it, it, he played really good hockey yeah. for a while there. And, you know, one bad game can change that. It was not good, not good at all. Uh, but I think it's a good idea to shake it up. And also – there is the idea that you want these guys ready come playoff time True. too. So like you just gotta get them moving because I don't even know in the last time Josh Brown played hockey yeah. like legitimately because he hasn't played for the Bruins yet, and I couldn't tell you the last time he played for uh, the Senators was he yeah Senators yeah like I can't tell you. So the, you gotta give them time too, even if you know someone not necessarily someone's playing well. You you leave people, but if they aren't playing up to the standard. Just switch them out, and uh, it can go well. Because, like you said, Mike Riley was great last year, and if he comes into the lineup and plays anything like that, that's just a huge plus for them. Brown hasn't played since March 19th. Oh, wow. That's, and oh my. that's not as long as I thought. Okay. Riley hasn't played since the 21st. So, so roughly okay. around the same, same timeline we're yep. working with there for both of them. Uh, tempers were, were chippy, which is to be expected between these two teams. They have long rivalries. They're always playing each other in the playoffs. and Taylor Hall's emotions got the best of him, I guess. He 
roughed what they called roughing Ilya Labushkin um, after he was Labush boy. Labush boy. After he was hit from from behind, kind of a dangerous hit, sent him <laughs> into the boards. I don't know if it was really. I don't think there was any intent there to like board him or anything. Yeah. But Taylor Hall didn't like it, punched him in the side of the face, and Labushkin did not return to the game, and he was fined five thousand dollars. People are people of Twitter, aka Toronto fans, are very mad. <laughs> they they wanted, I don't know, five games, ten games. They wanted. They were comparing it to Todd Bertuzzi, huh. and it was just. I mean, it was just dumb. It was Taylor Hall get his emotions getting the best of him in a division game and a game that means a lot for both of these teams. They were going at each other all night. Like I said, officiating on both ends, they were probably just frustrated for a number of different reasons, and Taylor Hall ends up paying the price. I, I mean, yeah, sure, the Bruins are lucky they don't have to shift their forward lines without him, but just another part to this game that makes you just kind of shake your head and be like, this game stinks. I had no problem <laughs> with going to the the Bush boy and Taylor Hall, I had no problem with either of what either of them did. Like at first glance, the hit on Hall looked like it was from behind. I know you can do this like anything, but like if you do see some of the, the stills, yeah. it was like, he was, I mean, he, it, it was not a predatory dangerous no, hit. He was to the side when he was coming yeah. in. So, I mean, it happens, but I understand why Hall probably felt like he got taken advantage of there. And you know, he popped him in the face and he got him right on the chin, and that's probably how you end up, you know, getting that sort of reaction. And I, I thought he sold it a little bit at first, but the fact that he didn't return is, you know, probably indicative of the fact that he he got him pretty good. So I actually kind of appreciate the NHL's, uh, you know, willingness to not to make the call based on the the play and the intent rather than the outcome. We've seen that right. in the past where guys get hurt. And it turns into, you know, we're going to factor that into it, even if it's, you know, and then if a guy survives a hit, uh, like, you know, then it just doesn't, it doesn't hurt him as much, literally and figuratively. Um, but no, I, so again, to, to kind of intertwine and tie all of this, this conversation in and, you know, Scott, you mentioned what McAvoy said about, uh, you know, having a little fight. I, I guess the encouraging thing is like, it probably the way that the game played out probably indicates that it was more just a a poor just a rough night for them that frustration boiled over it's not like they 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 just took it laying down like yeah, they they yeah. literally fought back and it was chippy and i understand that like it it always looks worse when you're the chippy team after, when you're playing horribly it was like the calling card of the bruins for for a long time during like the Lucic years where it's like yeah. You know, they get down three nothing, and all of a sudden we're gonna run around and try to rip guys' heads off. <laughs> I don't think it was like that Tuesday night, but I do think like it kind of tells you that they had, they did not go into that game underestimating the Maple Leafs. I think they went into that game knowing how big it was, and hopefully I'm not like, yeah, uh, counter What's the word I'm looking for? Why can't I think of the word? Um, Contradicting what I said earlier, because I just think like they. I, they could be not ready to play that game and it manifests itself in different ways yeah. and just like not wanting to be there. I think they, they knew how important that game was and they were just frustrated with how it started and that kind of led to the physical stuff. Um, yeah, the, the Toronto stuff is, it's interesting. That's a team that can probably get on your skin pretty easily because mm -hmm. they don't have like, 
you know, they don't have a, a Claude Lemieux necessarily, but right. they've got a, a team full of very talented players who, if this was kind of like the, the big thing for the Bruins back in the day too, is like the Canadians are like this team where they just skate around you and you can't really catch up to them. And then when you finally do catch up to them, it's after the whistle. And now all of a sudden you're, you're ragdolling guys or you're, you know, you're, you're getting, you know, your soccer punches in where you can. So, I think it was just like a, the manifestation of a, a frustrating night all right, all the way around. And like in Toronto too, they came into that game being like, but this is a big one for us too. And I guess to their credit, in some regards, they, they tried to fight back where they could and said, we're not going to take this either. So as, yeah, I mean, this is like, guys, it's March. It's almost April. Like this is, this is the hockey that we're going to get the rest right, of the way. It's, right, it's right. always going to be a little crispy and a little chippy. Yeah. I like it. I- they played Tampa last Thursday, right? Yeah. Yep. Like, that That was one of their best wins of the season. They don't have Bergeron. They just play great, ho- like, competitive hockey from beginning to end. And I feel like, you know, with this Toronto game, we kind of forget about it. But that's kind of what I want to go back to. Of Like, that was a prove-it game. That was a massive game this season. And they beat Tampa Bay. Was Tampa Bay – is Tampa Bay the team they were the past two years? Not as – not necessarily they've had to lose some guys, but they're still one of the best teams in hockey. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of bring that up because, you know, we're going to, everyone's going to talk about this Toronto game and how they came out flat and, you know, they went down six to one, but they beat. Six is a lot. Six is a lot. <laughs> it's too much. But they, they beat the Lightning. Um, they got past the, um, what was Saturday? Islanders. Islanders. Islanders, which is a game, you know, you Barry never know. Trotz. because Barry Trotz <laughs> plays the Bruins well. They played them well all season long. They won that game. Again, like you said, six is a lot. Six is not a pretty number to let up. And I think it's good for – I think it's better for everyone than we're acting like because this just drives them a little bit more. Like, okay, maybe we're not here yet. Next step. And they're still learning, right? Like Hampus and McAvoy, I thought, played really well still, mm-hmm. all things considered. And that's really what we are kind of looking at, right, was how is Hampus and – McAvoy going to play because they're going to be playing 30 minutes a night come playoff time. That's important, and they are playing pretty locked down um, defense overall. So that's kind of the thing. Those are the takeaways I was trying to grab from that game because, you know, by the end, by the second period, you're like, okay, well, on to the next one. Also, like, Chippy and six to one devolves very quickly too <laughs> it's like all right this is going to be one of those nights where we're going to send some messages at least it was six to four yeah and i i mean that's what they won against the island or six three toronto kind of and I, I think given but i goes think back give, into its shell there and just like all right guys we don't want to get hurt we're going to get out of here but i do think ones. giving up those three goals kind of tells you that toronto's like i don't think they're a contender well they i mean in in their defense that you know Mrazic gets hurt but Eight but they, into yeah. the game. but I also don't think Morazic like. No, I mean their right. their season like their ability to go on a deep run is contingent upon Campbell's health. Yeah, like if he if he comes back and is fully healthy and looks like the goalie who was earlier in the season, right. they have a chance to to win the Stanley Cup. But yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, we, well, I'm it's, just it's like, April and the, yeah. the the Maple Leafs have goaltending issues. You know, it's part for Kale is old as time. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. I was why don't you. Yeah, uh, what were we gonna? Lindholm, do you guys want to talk about Lindholm? I, I'm looking into something here because did he? I was not paying close enough attention in the third period. Did he and uh, did Cassie break up Lindholm and McAvoy? I know he did Saturday. 
So I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't paying enough attention to. Well, I mean, last night I was checked out after by the us. second period. But <laughs> he did he did play with Carlo Saturday, but there was no like real explanation. I think it was just seeing where he really. I think fit. they did mix him up a little bit last night. Well, um, according to natural stat trick, they did. But I'm just trying to figure out when exactly it happened. It looks like according to the shift shift chart, uh, it was. In the second, or no. Jesus, this thing's impossible <laughs> to read. So the second period, that's when everything fell apart. And yeah. if you're just doing it in the third period, just kind of like, let's just figure this out. Because we're <laughs> down six to one. Let's just go crazy. Those two goals came in like a heartbeat. Jesus. Um, yeah, it looks like it was, it might have actually happened midway through the second. So, I mean, they, because that was in one thing that was interesting. And I, it's, oh, it's four it's, to one. Yeah, has Cassie talked about that in terms of like what the the long term plan is for that? And I guess that's maybe you know tying it into our earlier conversation about the changes that are going to come is like who they uh, that they're still figuring that out too, right? Like, right, right, right. yeah, he hasn't given any indication where he'll play long term. It's always been he'll play with McAvoy and Carlo, and they'll see they'll go from there. Um, he's, I think he's getting majority time with McAvoy and I think he looks good. I think he's kind of fit into this team seamlessly. I think he makes the Bruins a bit faster. He's winning battles and he's not afraid to throw his body around, which is nice to see, but I think he needs a, a, a spot, especially in this last month of the season. He needs to know where he's playing McAvoy and Carlo need to know who they're playing with, especially yeah. going to the playoffs so they can focus on building that chemistry because this is a new guy at the end of the day and he's going to be here for a long time. So you need to figure out where he belongs and this is an important stretch the next four weeks. So figure out where he goes. It's, I mean, thankfully it's not really like that big of a problem. It's not like Derek Forbert yeah. where you're like, <laughs> where the hell do we put this guy? Right. It's where, who does he play better with McAvoy or Carlo? Good problem to have, but bad time to have a good problem. Yeah. The Hamp man played, <laughs> played nine minutes last night. This is just five on five, nine minutes with Carlo and five and a half with McAvoy. And like, Expected goals with Carlo, they got trounced. With McAvoy, they were dynamite. Like, that's... So there's your answer. No kidding. (laughs) But, I mean, this is not... It's the the back-end version of the first-line debate, right? Right. Where it's... I think when the the chips are down, the playoffs come, you're getting 30 minutes a night from the two of them side-by-side, and you take your chances with everything else. Mm -hmm. And when... Or at least... You start the game with Carlo and Lindholm if you want, and then I tell you what, by the time you need a, a shift, <laughs> you know, by the time you need a shutdown shift, you're going back to Lindholm and McAvoy, yeah. and you're pairing them with that Bergeron line, which has turned back into like a checking line, and that's your best defensive yeah. opportunity to win a game. But that's, yeah, I, I, they've got to kind of figure that out, I think. So yeah, I think you know, third period playoffs, you have those two out there for ten minutes at least. <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. Um, I didn't get to talk about Lindholm last week, so I just wanted to say after, you know, the eye test, because I didn't watch much Anaheim Duck hockey, I apologize. Uh, he's really good. He's fantastic. He's so Saturday. good. Yeah. yeah um, really good. He's just like. He's fast. He is. He's he fast. Is. He's a, he's a, one, he's like, he's kind of a big dude. I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't fully aware of how, like, solid he was, like, size-wise, but like you said, he's fast. He just. Does all the little things really well, yeah. which is probably why him and McAvoy were so dynamite. Like you said, against in a six four game, they were dynamite together. Um, but I'm just excited. I'm excited for Lindholm because every time I watch him, even in 
the worst one of the worst games in a while, he still looked great, right? That's yeah. that's kind of the again, we're taking all the good takeaways out of a bad loss. And I think uh even in defeat, ugly Lindholm is really good and I'm really excited to see what they do uh for the next month because I think Mike said it right of you just kinda take your chances putting those two together for the playoffs and especially in the third period, right? When you when you really need to lock it down and I think they will be exactly that. They will be that shutdown pair that you need. It's it's funny because at the trade deadline so many people wanted the Bruins to get a, a center, a second line center. I did. And <laughs> you very much I think you both did and it's I feel like Campus Lindholm is something they needed but didn't really know they needed until they got him because defense wasn't their biggest area of need. But he's been – You were right. He's been w- – thank you. I was right. To be fair, I didn't <laughs> think they were going to get Hampus Lindholm to be – No, here. I didn't think so either. I wasn't expecting a name like him. But he is everything the Bruins needed and everything the Bruins' defense needed that he's just such a seamless fit. And there's no reason to think that – I mean, three games, but there's no reason to think that that's going to – change because yeah. I feel like he's got really good chemistry he's got for good first impressions from his teammates Brad Marchand couldn't stop raving about him and that was just in practice before they even played with him mm. so I think he'll be good he'll be I mean he's going to be an x-factor in the playoffs at least that's that's how I see him yes he absolutely dominated Thursday night against Kucherov point and pal like he got he was on the ice for five on five ten minutes versus Kucherov and like put him in a blender according to the the numbers so like but that's good news against players like the line yeah of course yeah and then he I was looking at it too uh Tuesday night he was on the ice for a lot of the uh Matthews line uh five on five shifts at least earlier in the game so yeah I mean he's already stepping right in playing big minutes against top lines I mean everything you know as advertised so far that he's last night was his worst game probably relatively speaking he still was fine it certainly is not the issue he even does things where these is like this is the fun thing when you get a new good player to watch on a nightly basis is like um uh, they were killing a penalty and like he had the puck out of his backhand he just flipped it down the ice and i was like oh i was like that's going over the glass <laughs> and it's like no he flipped it like down the he was like on the right on the right or left face off circle in his own zone and just backhanded, you know, out of the out of clearing, backhanded clear. And even Andy Brickley on the Nesson telecast was like, he's like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, get the puck on your forehand and clear. And he just was like, it was nothing to him. Just I was like, and that's just one of those things where you just become so trained to like, either that guy's not going to do a very good job clearing the puck, or he's putting it over the glass and it's going to be a five on three. Right. And he just calmly just said, nope, flipped it down the river. And it's like stuff like that. Those little subtleties you see is like, oh, this is pretty impressive. So. Again, I it reinforces what I thought last week, which is good on them for at least solidifying the next four to five years on their blue line up top. There's still right. a lot more work to do, but that they they checked the box both in the short term and the long term by by going out and getting him. So, and now they have. I mean, you can say any game is important now, and any game is a big test. Get but all big. <laughs> they have uh, the Devils on Thursday. They'll be honoring Tuukka Rask uh, pregame. Then they have the Blue Jackets for home and home on Saturday and. Monday. Um, I mean, this is a good time for them to get points, especially against a team like the Devils and the Blue Jackets. I mean, they're at the bottom of the divisions, and this is 
you have three games, three, two, four, six. It, it, I mean, that's six points that they could easily get, and they need these points right now more than anything. Yeah, my thing is like the uh, Toronto game, bad, 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 really bad, <laughs> mega bad, uh, not good. But like, that was the first of their their final seventeen games. They go eleven and six over that that point. It puts them like up around one hundred and ten points. It gets them obviously in the playoffs, and you're just kind of like, that was ugly. Let's not forget about that, but it was just a blip on the radar, and that's right. kind of you know they've got to make hay where there's chances to make hay and kind of make sure that they're peaking for when it's going to be more competitive because again they they have not fared extremely well in those situations this year. I think Tuesday night is a reminder they're not the most talented team in the, in, in the league or even in their own division, and you know a subpar. Effort and or execution is going to hurt them in a major way very quickly, especially if the goaltender isn't standing on his head. Yeah, right. that too. Um, their schedule stinks. I'm looking at it now, like especially th- that last week, you have Penguins, Rangers, I mean Montreal, but uh, Panthers, Buffalo, whatever, and then you end the season with Toronto, in, in Toronto. Uh, this is, it's going to be a tough stretch. We knew this in October. We knew this when the schedule was released. We've known this, but now that it's here, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's gonna be a fun, fun four weeks that we have a lot to talk about. At least you had no going into the playoffs if they're real or not by then. Well, yeah, we better know by then. Well, no, but <laughs> like smokes. those are all playoff teams. Those are gonna, like that Toronto one could be a really big game. That, that, that could be a that's, make or that's break. That's probably a playoff game in uh, you know, all of their heads. So, I guess that's the one way to look at it. Like, okay, well, prove it. The, there's no better time than now. I mean, they play, they've played, you know, great hockey, especially for the last 18 games. They're 14, fuck. 14, 3 and 1? 3 and 1? 4 and 1. Nope. 3 and 1. Three, it would be 3 if it's. No, yeah. but. No. 18 <laughs> games, Scott. 14. Plus 3. Ah, uh, yeah, that's my bad. Sorry. <laughs> We're not math majors. Math here. isn't. Okay. I tried to do it. That's my bad. <laughs> I looked at the. I looked at the. When I was, when I was doing, you know. My job yesterday, I saw the stat, and I had, you know, I confused myself. It's okay. They yeah, have 14 wins. I was right. I was right. They have you got the important wins. part right. Yeah. And then that's the wins. Math is hard. Uh, do we have any parting thoughts going into the week ahead? Math is bad, and I think they win two of three. Which two? They sweeping Columbus? Well, I think they're going to probably wreck Devils. I don't, I don't, I think they come out strong, and then... I don't know. Playing Columbus back to back, I don't like back to back games against the same opponent in hockey. It's always weird. There's a couple Unless days it's playoffs, off. of course. Right. Um. Well, they definitely beat Columbus once. I said they win two out of three. So. All right. Any parting thoughts, Mike? No, I've said enough. <laughs> well, until next week, that this has been the Ness and Bruins Pod. Rate, review, subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast. You can hear us. Until next week, that is Scott and Mike, and see you later.